May thy words be in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're on to our third theme this week of, of this Advent. Hope, peace, joy. Well, if you think of joy, do you think immediately of sermons? And if you think of people associated with joy, you probably don't think of me. Miserable sense over there. And I guess you wouldn't think of John the Baptist either. But we've got a bit of a mismatch between our themes and our readings, it seems. <laughs> Although I look a bit more closely at the Old New Testament readings, and of course we have got joy in plenty in the later chapters of Isaiah although there's no shortage of misery there either and the passage selected from St Paul begins rejoice always and that's perhaps a summary of the reason why this is such an important theme rejoice always because Paul might reasonably have said that he didn't have much occasion to rejoice. You'll see a great list of his problems in the 2 Corinthians, isn't it? About shipwrecks, about persecution, stoning. I don't come much more acute than that. But he says, rejoice always not just when you happen to be feeling happy. Joy. It's one of the great themes of the Bible. One of the gifts, is that right? No, it's not. One of the fruits, I should say, of the Spirit. The fruits which are the result of us being filled with the Spirit. Not a separate gift in itself. But if we truly have the Spirit, then we will experience joy. That's quite simply the claim that Paul makes. The gift of the Spirit results in joy, among other things. Love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness. <clears throat> Joy isn't just a result, a consequence of receiving good news of one sort or another. And in fact, one of the aspects of joy that receives a pretty bad press in the Bible is joy in the problems of others. Yes, there are times when the people of Israel rejoiced rather too much in being able to kill all the inhabitants that they were displacing. It's not nice at all. But joy has to be rightly directed. And we cannot rejoice in what goes wrong for those we don't happen to like or who are enemies or rivals of any sort. We can't just grab joy, more of it, Yes, we will have experience, I hope, of joy. 
and of the opposite. But it's too easy to think, well, if we seek joy, we want to control what's going on around us. But the numbers on the lottery ticket are rent. Whether we get what we what we want rather than what we need. And of course, joy can be found, we think, in going away from God too. Plenty of disapproval in the biblical texts, in all of Christian tradition, as well as every other tradition in the world, actually. People taking joy in exploiting others, or simply in self-indulgence, getting drunk. But let's skip through some of the passages in the Bible which mention joy and I hope reveal something about the nature of joy as a consequence. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all 308 occurrences of the word joy in the Bible. <clears throat> But the psalmist says, in your presence is the, is the fullness of joy. In other words, don't look for joy at all without God. That's a big claim, but one surely we should take notice of. If we want joy, we look first to God. <clears throat> And sometimes we're very shocked at what we get. But the fullness of joy comes from knowing God, not from knowing what we think ought to happen in a good world. And interestingly, Paul takes this up in Romans. May God be with you with all joy and peace in believing. If we want to accept what God wants to give, we can find joy. And there are plenty of examples in the, in the New Testament of the disciples being joyful. Of them being filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Those two things go together so much. And interestingly, the word joy comes out very much in the resurrection narratives. But there's a catch. Matthew tells us that the women who found the empty tomb left there with joy and great fear. Interesting mixture, is it not? Fear that they didn't understand what else was happening. Fear that things were getting quite beyond themselves. But great joy too. Because the more they understood, the more joy they received.
Luke has a similar theme about the disciples. <clears throat> Jesus appears to the group gathered together in the upper room and we're told they were afraid still of the Jews coming for them too. And when Jesus appears and he speaks them, firstly they're speechless. And he says, while in their joy they were disbelieving, Jesus asked them for a piece of fish. In their joy, they were still disbelieving. They hadn't understood or come to accept what had happened because it was so extraordinary. It was utterly unprecedented. But the more they understood the ways of God, the more they found joy. And the more they wanted to spread it as well. Because that surely is characteristic of joy. You know the old story, old saying, that if you see somebody without a smile, give him one of yours. trivial sort of level that process goes on with the deep joy of knowing God of knowing what he has done for you and for me and John perhaps sums up that process of getting to know what God has done bringing his joy until now, he says, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. When you realise what's on offer, when you understand and accept what God has done for you, then things somehow seem a lot better. Well, I know that runs counter to the experience that the world has had at one time or another, have had at some time or another, I guess, of God doing the wrong things. We don't hesitate, do we, about saying things like that? We're quite happy believing, feeling, saying, that God got things wrong. Well, look at it. He allowed so and so to die. He doesn't stop wars happening. He doesn't do this. He causes earthquakes or whatever. We very easily come to criticise God, to fall out with Him. And let's be honest about that and let's not try and pretend. But we know, oh well, at least God does these things for good. We know what good does. You know, that massacre do for anybody. It's a fair question. And it's one that can't receive a lot But it is one that's faced head on by some of the prophets. 
Some of you may be familiar with the passage in Habakkuk. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. Well, most of us would think he's being totally unrealistic, I think. If everything goes wrong, you're hardly going to rejoice. Are you? Certainly it's much harder to say that and mean it than to say we rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's easy. But surely the distinctive thing about Christian joy, as opposed to worldly joy, is that it's determined by faith in God, not by an, our analysis and criticism of him. Excuse me using the, the, the masculine pronoun, but uh, it's difficult to do otherwise. Plenty of times we can be displeased with God, when we're hardly rejoicing in him. But in the same kind of way the disciples discover the truth, the depth of truth, of the resurrection, they discover their fear and disbelief faded. Now ours can do the same thing. We can't explain the suffering that's upset us. We won't explain why God does this or God does that. But we can learn. For most of us, it takes a long, long time. But God's purposes are better than we realize. And we can rejoice not so much in the bad times, but in what the bad times can lead to. We're still a long way off probably from being able to say that we take notice and obey the words of James in his epistle. <clears throat> Whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Sounds at first sight as a trivial comment that we can't take seriously, that frankly we don't believe. And yet it's that faith which is the fruit of the Spirit that enables us, in a small part at least, to understand the purpose of trials or suffering and we can be joyful because of what we know will happen in the end. And so we go on, seeking our joy in knowing God through Jesus Christ, in seeking his kingdom, which is one of pure joy. Now that joy be yours 
the eyes. And that joy spread throughout the world this Christmas and in every life on earth.